Tech Powered Luxury Season 3 has officially launched with myself, your host, Ashley MacDonald, kicking off a new chapter for the podcast with our sponsor, Farmhouse Fresh. In this episode, we take a look at how I went from having a moonshot dream to working at Christian Dior in Paris at the age of 17, to making it happen six years later and eventually securing roles at LVMH, Google, Pooch, and teaching and speaking about the crossovers of luxury and technology across the globe at leading institutions, including HEC Paris, Naoma Business School, and Vogue. In this season, we'll be hearing from some of the entrepreneurs, technologists, creators, and luxury leaders that I most admire, including Nikita Mehta, Shannon MacLinden, the founders of Heat and Casa by Paboy, Instagram's Michaela O'Shaughnessy, Victoria Beckham's head of social Nevo Donahue, knitwear brand Ireland's Eye, founder of fashion tech platform Taylor Shauna Chu, and henna artist Pavan, who has the world's first luxury henna bar in London Selfridges. Hello, my name is Ashley MacDonald and welcome to Tech Powered Luxury. I am super excited to be back with a third season of the podcast and ahead of what is set to be our biggest and best season to date. Every single episode will be bringing community rewards to our listeners from the opportunity to have one-on-one mentorship sessions with a guest to winning beautiful luxury products and experiences to promotional codes to use across our favorite brands websites. Before jumping in and kicking off with a whole new season, I wanted to take a moment to reintroduce myself to the tech-powered luxury community, which has reached far further across the globe than I could have imagined since launching the podcast on November 1st, 2022. Born in New York and raised in Galway, the west of Ireland, I moved to France for a summer when I was 18 with a clear goal, work in Paris at the helm of the most beautiful luxury fashion house, Christian Dior. I started at the bottom. Actually, even below the bottom, to be honest, working on a campsite in the west of France, managing a kids club for holiday goers, cleaning mobile homes, recording my first ever audio snippet, which funnily enough was for the safety announcement to prompt people to evacuate the campsite in the event of a fire or emergency. Was it glamorous? Absolutely not. Is it on my CV? No. Uh, Did I experience any luxury over those three months? Another no. But what I did get from that time was firstly, a reality check. And secondly, it helped me learn French. I'm sharing this so that people can realize sometimes we have to take a few steps back to pursue a dream. And also entering the luxury world can happen, even if like me, you didn't have any connections or fancy family members to help you land an internship within a luxury house in Paris, London, New York or beyond. However, that dream never died and has brought me to some incredible places around the world, from living in Paris while studying at HEC and working at LVMH and Dior, to Geneva with luxury group Pooch as global digital media and e-commerce director, and funnily enough, back to Ireland for a couple of years at Google's EMEA headquarters in Dublin within the luxury team. It's also led me to travel to over 50 countries, becoming fluent eventually in French, uh, learning Italian and Chinese, still learning, and meeting fascinating, talented and passionate people within the wider worlds of fashion, beauty, technology and beyond. I realised that yes, I have been incredibly lucky, but also if I share my own experiences, I can give others the information that led me to where I am today sharing a bit of my luck with anyone else who needs it. From education to building a skill set, tackling the French system of entering luxury groups and brands, 
navigating the world of internships, masters and MBAs, landing a job within a tech giant. And then what? It doesn't just magically happen that you have that job or create your own startup in the space between luxury and tech. In fact, the lead up is merely the foundation, the beginning. So let's take it back to Galway, Ireland, a place that I owe a lot to. My upbringing, proximity to nature and sport, a strong sense of community, charity, my friend group, who I still see to this day, and of course, my complete lack of knowledge on anything to do with luxury and, to be honest, fashion and technology. Often we want what we cannot have. My relationship with the world of fashion was very much from the perspective of a bystander soaking up magazines in my teenage years, surfing the internet to dressing up Sims characters, something I realised today is technically a part of the metaverse. I will always remember my first online purchase, a pair of leather combat boots, a black blazer and a grey t-shirt that said Naomi Kate Cara Jordan. To say that I got made fun of for wearing that outfit would be an understatement. Remember, this is rural Ireland in the noughties. Blazers were for men, combat boots for soldiers, and I don't think anyone really knew who Naomi, Kate, Cara or Jordan were. However, a pivotal moment was discovering an exhibition in London's Somerset House, Dior Illustrated, in 2010. I had just turned 17 and I managed to convince my mum to take the short flight from Dublin to London with me for my first trip to the city and I reveled at the illustrations of René Gruot. The exhibition showcased groundbreaking artworks including original illustrations for Christian Dior Parfum, vintage perfume bottles, sketches, magazines as well as selection of Dior haute couture dresses which had been personally chosen by John Galliano including a special dress designed by Galliano himself in homage to Gruot, the illustrator who created those first images and visions for Christian Dior's perfumes. I left London with the knowledge that I would one day work for Dior. That's how inspired I was by just having this proximity to these beautiful images, products and designs. I didn't know how or when, but the goal was clear. Six years later, after a double bachelor, a double master's, relative fluency in French, four internships and... To be honest, constant rejection and challenges. I finally started my first full-time job at the headquarters of Christian Dior in Paris as digital project manager in the global digital team. To say that I still can't believe my luck would be an understatement. And I believe my shock still to this day that I get to do the things I do and live the life I live gives me the motivation to always give everything 120% or more. Call it imposter syndrome or intense gratitude I know that I'm lucky and the goal of Tech Powered Luxury is to share insights, information, tips and build a supportive community and network of people to give others around the world that little bit of luck that I had right at the beginning of my journey at Somerset House in London. Sometimes all we need is that spark of inspiration, motivation and perhaps seeing that it exists. It's out there. There are hundreds of thousands of people working in the luxury industry, also the tech industry, and many, many that are working right in between the two. Over the last years, I've been working between luxury and tech at LVMH, Dior, Google and Pooch. I've also joined advisory boards for beauty brands and a fashion rental startup. I currently serve as chairperson of the board of Digital Business Ireland, and I have been giving lectures and keynotes on luxury and tech around the globe. Two key things I'm interested in are harnessing the power of Chinese digital ecosystems 
as we expect the Chinese consumer to represent 50% of all luxury spend by 2030, and leveraging the opportunity of innovation to bring some magic and joy back into luxury brands. We are all individuals, and whether it's in choosing our perfume, lipstick, our next handbag, investing in our first watch, a car, or indulging in a fine dining experience, luxury needs to evolve and delight us. Whether we are the ones fortunate enough to be buying these products or services or contributing to the industry as a brand owner, team member or employee, the luxury goods market is absolutely huge. In fact, it's projected to reach 369.8 billion US dollars by 2030. And I believe luxury brands are the most amazing marketers and storytellers. If nothing else, we can all admire the beauty and art that they create take note on how they did it, and apply these practices to our own organizations. Looking back on the data from season one and two of Tech Powered Luxury, a couple of things have really stood out. Firstly, the world is increasingly curious about the luxury industry, how it works, how we can get involved, how we can take notes from the best in the business and apply elements of a luxury strategy to our own companies and brands, even outside of the luxury world. Secondly, The tech industry has become mainstream. Once working in tech was niche and engaging with technology every day was almost exclusively for scientists, engineers, and people who had access to expensive hardware and had earned computer science degrees. Now the majority of the world has access to a smart device and the internet. Gen Z are the first generation to grow up in a digitally connected world and artificial intelligence is a topic that many of us discuss at the dinner table. Similarly, Luxury has been democratized as the industry has boomed through including scalable and affordable products from luxury lipsticks to perfumes and books, items that can provide a low entry point but amass huge revenues for luxury brands to reach the masses. The collision of these two worlds, luxury and technology, absolutely fascinate me to the extent that I've spent the last 10 years of my career, basically my entire time working, other than the summer on the campsite in France, completely focused on the intersection of luxury and tech. Tech and luxury are completely opposing in many ways. We all know this. And the luxury industry was pretty late to adopt technology in many of its forms, primarily from a place of fear. Could technology negatively impact luxury equity? Could it result in poor product quality, worsen the service that luxury brands provide? Yes, of course we could argue for or against all of these scenarios. And damaging luxury with technology could be the case, especially if technology is not used in the right way for the luxury industry, and vice versa. Or, if we don't give the decision makers of the luxury industry, that's to say the CEOs, the C-levels, executive committees, the correct tools and knowledge to navigate this new world. We could also argue that luxury brands not embracing technology is just as risky. In a world where media and communications are primarily consumed in a digital format, where discovery, desirability and purchase intent are driven through social media, online articles, videos and even audio, can a luxury brand thrive or even survive if it doesn't have a solid digital strategy? When it comes to product development and innovation, if we don't embrace technology, can we design and produce products that are still relevant and to the highest quality? Not to mention sales. Retail is still king and in my opinion will always be the main sales channel for luxury. However, let's not ignore the billions of dollars spent annually online for luxury goods. And lastly, how about the tech industry? What can it learn from luxury brands? 
How can the tech industry cater to the huge luxury community? From developing ad products to predictive modeling, CRM tools and platforms to elevate the experience of luxury clients through the brands that they interact with. And even the role of social media and content creators, influencers and KOLs in building awareness and purchase intent. From these questions and thoughts, Tech Powered Luxury was born. First and foremost, Tech Powered Luxury started in lecture halls and classrooms. From Polymoda in Florence to Ireland's National College of Art and Design, Naoma Business School in the Champagne region, HEC Paris, INSEAD in France, Dublin City University, the Tactical University of Dublin, ESADE in Barcelona, and through keynotes with Vogue Business and Digital Business Ireland. And as a guest on many other podcasts. Finally, in November 2022, Tech Powered Luxury also became its own podcast, not just to provide a resource to anyone to learn and to have insights, but also to provide a platform for incredible minds to share their expertise and stories. Also, in the spirit of transparency, I'm using Tech Powered Luxury to learn from the best. It allows me to ask all the questions I have to true leaders in the many specialised areas of luxury and technology. In today's episode of Tech Powered Luxury, which really is a trailer to reset the scene before kicking off season three, we're going to take a look at the current state of affairs in luxury, key takeaways from our first two seasons, and a little bit about what we can expect in season three. Before jumping into the key takeaways from the luxury and tech industry over the last 12 months, a big shout out to our sponsors, Farmhouse Fresh. The Tech Powered Luxury podcast has to live up to its name, bringing high tech as well as a luxury look, feel and of course, sound. All that is made possible thanks to the support from our partner, Farmhouse Fresh. I met Shannon McLinden, the brand's founder and CEO at the Forbes Women's Summit in Abu Dhabi in March 2023. It was one of the most memorable weeks of my life, meeting women from across the globe who have forged incredible careers and lives in business, entertainment, politics, philanthropy, medicine, sport, and beyond. Speaking of feeling lucky, that week in Abu Dhabi, it was really a moment of reflection for me to see how far we can come if we believe in our own dreams. From the summit's host, Mika Brzezinski, and the keynote speaker, Hillary Clinton, to Billie Jean King, Jessica Alba, Aurora James, Olena Zelenska, Gloria Steinem, Mae Musk, Catherine O'Hara, Amna al and the UAE and MENA region's first international competitive figure skater, Zara Lari. It was an opportunity that I will forever be grateful for. Even more so because I went to the event with a fabulous group of women from the Forbes Under 30 2022 cohort, all of whom are absolutely killing it in their fields. From fashion to finance to philanthropy and media, a special mention in particular to Jessica Chaplow, who joined us for episode 18 of season one, which I highly recommend listening to. The event really brought together women from all over the world, and it was focused on under 30 and over 50, for which Forbes creates communities and lists every single year. It was the second year that this event was run, and if there's one thing that you are aiming for in your career to do, I would say going to one of these events should be added to that list. The people that I met and the connections I made were unparalleled. During that week in Abu Dhabi, between the fabulous events, the Forbes Fashion Gala, wearing as many Irish and independent designers as I could, including Sharon Sweeney, Quiva Murphy, Taller Marmo, August Knight and Chupi, speeches and panels, we also had mentorship sessions. This is something I'm not very good at. I'm great at giving mentorship, but I don't have a mentor and I'm 
never daring off to ask for one. It's something that I've had on my to-do list for a really long time. And for some reason, I still haven't done it. However, this event gave me a great opportunity because we had a full day dedicated to mentorship sessions. So I had the opportunity to connect with people from so many different backgrounds who were all interested in luxury and tech for different reasons. Mauritania's general commissioner who wants to bring their local design and artisans to the global stage, the Beverly Hills orthodontist who has amassed a huge following on social media and opened multiple clinics across California. And eventually I found myself sitting down to a mentorship session with Shannon and Delia McLinden. That encounter absolutely blew my mind. In fact, when we finished up our session, I asked to take a photo with them as I knew I just had a conversation that would have impact on me far beyond that moment or that day. Firstly, because they had been listening to Tech Powered Luxury and I mean, I, I couldn't believe it, but they're actually using the insights as a resource for their own business. And secondly, because the brand that they have built over the last 19 years, Farmhouse Fresh, is an incredible business that not only has over 200 superfood powered beauty products, but primarily because of their mission. True to their name, Farmhouse Fresh has a headquarters. It's on a 10 acre ranch in Texas where they have rescued and rehabilitated thousands of animals from across the USA. When Shannon told me about the pivotal moment that she realized they could use profits to rescue animals, I could immediately see that Shannon McLinden is someone very special who has risen above business as usual to finding true purpose. One year after spending five figures on Christmas gifts to send to spas around the USA who stock her farmhouse fresh products, Shannon realized that kind of money could do something much more meaningful. And the following year, she walked into a shelter with her Christmas gifting budget and rescued every single animal. From there, everything changed and their business became so much more than a company with the goal of making profit and making people feel great, of course, thanks to glowing skin through their amazing products. However, you can hear more about Farmhouse Fresh and their amazing skincare and Shannon's remarkable story in episode two of season three, which goes live on September 12th. Now, story time is over, so let's take it back to those insights that we uncovered throughout season one and two of Tech Tower Luxury. We've had guests from all walks of life across the globe with diverse backgrounds from AI to 3D design, luxury branding, creating the world's first luxury, alcohol-free bubbly, luxury brand owners and builders from the USA, Qatar, France, China, India and beyond. We've had professors from the London College of Fashion and Polymoda who are shaping the future leaders of the industries. We've also had a director of HEC Paris. We've had the global head of luxury from Snapchat. We've had Googlers, influencers with followings in the millions on Instagram and TikTok, as well as tech platform founders. Let's jump right in with the top four themes from the podcast in terms of mentions by our guests and questions from our community. Firstly, no surprise, it's luxury, which was mentioned over 1,200 times throughout seasons one and two. Luxury. Yeah, luxury. Luxury. Luxury management. Luxury. Luxury brands. Luxury goods. Debating, discussing, and even questioning the meaning of what is luxury today has been a hot topic across the board for all of our guests. From hard luxury to luxury services, luxury fashion, luxury chocolate, luxury hair care, luxury independent jewellery designers, beauty, and even luxury digital fashion and beyond. Luxury means something different to everyone. However, when a product or brand can universally be accepted to being classified as a luxury, something magic happens and brand equity becomes a luxury business's biggest asset. 
Here are a couple of my favorite quotes from season one and two on luxury. This is what probably brought the luxury and fashion industry a bit closer to us. It wasn't just innovation. It wasn't just a great tool for storytelling, but it was also a great tool for people to feel and experience their product and also buy their product. If a customer came and asked for something that we didn't have, we would call it a TNT, a tiny noticeable touch. So you would go out of your way to recognize what that customer really wanted and to see what you could do within the realms of possibility to make them happy. So I suppose that was my first introduction to the luxury world and almost making people's dreams come true or making them feel super special. The experience and what people are asking in luxury brands is changing. I mean, a part of why these younger first adopters buying a luxury item is because they saw Beyonce wearing Tiffany's or something like that. So it'll be interesting. And then the higher end, the ultra luxury will really be in the experience. And luxury, it's about uh, attention to details. It's about exquisite and excellent experiences. It's about uh, incredible products, incredible storytelling. It's about making people dream. It's a highly, highly aspirational industry. You shouldn't have to sacrifice or diminish the quality and the luxury experience that you have just because something is natural and sustainable. I actually think, Ashley, that luxury has become entertainment or needs to become entertainment. And I think that creators are really building that bridge between what was once reserved for the elites um, through social media um, and through sharing their experiences that luxury brands provide to them. And if we take the example of fashion, the creative teams behind the shows are constantly thinking of ways to make the shows and the way they present the clothes more and more entertaining and engaging season after season so that the show is not just about fashion but also about how entertained do you now feel how inspired do you now feel after what you just saw next up we have community my community community my community in our community community the community our community community has shifted from being those nearest to us physically in the neighborhoods that we grew up in to the connecting of subcultures and interests online with people who share common passions and values from anywhere around the globe. Now, brands also have communities. And when a luxury brand is stripped down solely to its products, it's really the brand's values and emotions that causes us to feel that differentiates it from other competitors. Building online communities is now viewed as a core component of a luxury brand. What would a brand be without its community or its following? Where does that community live? Is it through the followers of a brand's social media account on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, threads? Perhaps it's through email, WeChat, WhatsApp, or even Discord. Are all of these communities the same people across all platforms? Or will brands only reach certain clients and potential clients within one of these specific online platforms or forms? For digital first brands and influencers or content creators, this is perhaps what catapulted them to success, building online communities. However, for brands who existed pre-social media and pre-digital worlds, or who are just starting out today from a product or perhaps even science-led approach, building an online community can be incredibly challenging. It's not just a technical or digital shift that needs to happen within an organization, but also a financial one. Investing in building online content and engagement um, actually hiring the right talent to create a digital first approach. 
It's a cultural one, putting ourselves in the shoes of younger and more connected customers than ourselves, to thinking digital first, creating communications and concepts that can live and grow in digital spaces. We spoke to a few experts in this area throughout our last two seasons, from digital first luxury brand builders to content creators who are paid by luxury brands in order to reach their engaged communities and hopefully convert them and entice them to join the community of the luxury brands that they partner with. Understand your why and understand that who you want to serve is why. I think it's the, we get obsessed with our own, like obviously Simon Sinek start with why, we get obsessed with our own why, but we forget to obsess about who are we serving. What's, like I said, this is what I want to do, this is how I want to change the world. But what does that mean to someone else? I call it tech translator. It doesn't mean you have to be a techie who can dumb it down. It sometimes means that you're actually a generalist who can approach things from a really fresh perspective and be able to communicate that in really simple layperson's terms. So, so come in with an open mind. Come in with um, how you can help the community, how you can serve the community. What's, what skills do you already have that might be useful to the community? And be a part of the growth of it all. I think that's going to give you the best experience in the metaverse. Having creators attend these shows means that whatever content we're capturing will reach millions of people almost seconds after it actually happened in real life. All of that is getting intertwined and for brands who understand the fact that you can't just be sitting on the traditional ways of being a brand today, that you really have to engage and entertain um, your customers, your fans and um, your community as a whole. I think these brands will be the, the big winners. I would say the one skill that industry insiders should work on and continue working on is knowing who your customer is. With all the different brands that I come across, so many times people are jump forward to like, what celebrity should we work with? Or should we do this partnership? Should we do this activation at Coachella? And I always start back at the baseline was like, who is your customer? Who are you trying to reach? Can this customer afford your product? Are you going to make the right impact in the right way? Are you presenting your product in the right way? It goes back to what are you trying to sell and, and is it the right person? Because if you are looking at doing something in a big splash, but your audience isn't there or that customer, you know, is not the right age demographic for your product or this customer does not have the disposable income to buy your product, no matter what big of a splash you make, it's not going to make the impact that's going to help build your brand or drive sales to your product. Metaverse. The metaverse. 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 The metaverse. This metaverse. Metaverse. Come and join me in the metaverse. A hot topic and perhaps the theme that I'm questioned the most about. What is it? Is it relevant? Who cares? Is the metaverse dead? Is it just for kids? What is all the hype about? Is metaverse and crypto and NFT all the same thing? What's Web3? I like to approach the topic of metaverse in particular with an open mind and therefore invited many interesting people and characters to join us over the last two seasons to share their expertise and experience. My main takeaways on the metaverse is, one, the metaverse is not just one place or platform. It's like social media. All social platforms fall under that umbrella of social media, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or WeChat. Or take the internet, for example, an even wider umbrella. All websites and online activity can fall under there. It's the same with metaverse. It's a wider term to cover all of the online interactives with a sense of ownership, including Roblox, Sandbox, The Sims, Decentraland, and many, many more. There isn't just one way to enter the metaverse, like there isn't just one way to enter the internet or social media. You pick your metaverse 
and you can join through there. Two, the metaverse has existed for a long time and it's been directly intertwined with the online gamers community since its inception, which has an active community of approximately 3.09 billion people in 2023, a volume and opportunity for visibility and engagement that we just cannot ignore within the luxury industry in particular. Three, the metaverse offers opportunities for brands to sell digital products, such as selling digital fashion, like a digital handbag or a suit for a user's avatar to wear, to creative interactive experiences, such as creating an immersive game or miniverse within a metaverse for users to play and engage with a brand that's completely in line with their aesthetic, and to avail of a new form of advertising. Imagine instead of placing a video or a static ad within an Instagram feed or having outdoor advertising at a bus stop, you have a billboard within a metaverse that takes over the sky and with which people can click, engage and even purchase from directly. In China right now today, the focus is on building the clones of cities, like a clone of Shanghai, a clone of Shenzhen, and then populate it with businesses and then bring people in there to work, to shop, to game, to have fun. We were just so eager to create something absolutely new, defy all the status quo within fashion, within science, within technology. I mean, digital fashion really for us is the idea of magic realism, where the digital is a medium in which it plays on top of our physical world. It's not a um, one or the other. It's really about fluidity between the two realms. The project is building a blockchain or working with blockchain. And so we're going to be able to register your piece from the very start, from the diamonds moving through your blockchain, gold, as your piece gets made, it becoming part of you and moving into you. Likewise, looking at the NFT piece that goes with it, that's going to tie it all together. And then looking at a virtual jewelry box. Technology is always going to be controversial. You know, a lot of people are scared when we talk about technology and, and have a lot of fear when we talk about the future, you know, and where where this is all leading to because, you know, sometimes the, these things can be quite scary. You know, the thought of people losing their jobs and livelihoods to, you know, AI machines, 3D models, things like that. It's all um, a legitimate fear as well. You know, this is something that we should be concerned about. Um, and I think that there are ways that we can use this technology ethically. And that's something that I've really had to learn about in the past, you know, five, six years is, is how do we approach this from, you know, an ethical stance? And how do we make sure that this technology is being used for the right reason? Now for theme four, influencers, KOLs, which means key opinion leaders and content creators. Influencers, influencers, the world of influencer marketing, influential people, KOLs, key opinion leaders, KOLs, key opinion leader, content creator, content creators, content creators, content creator. I have brought all of these terms into the same theme as at their core, they all stem from the same thing, creating content to influence others across social media platforms. It's been really interesting to ask people from the worlds of tech and luxury about how influencers, creators, KOLs have had an impact on their work, but even more so to have five influencers join us from Spain, Qatar, India and Ireland and the Philippines, as well as the founder of the world's leading Chinese KOL platform. 
creators are integral to the social media landscape and to the advertising ecosystem of luxury brands. They're also key for final customers to actually discover brands and products to create desirability, to create awareness and beyond. The day that the Reels came out, I was like, we need to go out there and shoot video because this is the future. Literally that same day, we just went out and shot our first video, kind of starting from scratch. You content creator have the responsibility to be the first, to be the advancement of any technology around you because you inspire the people around you, you inspire your audience, you inspire your family and friends to be part of the revolution. I think that's the biggest thing about being a content creator. Um, especially when you are in a niche, you do need to keep abreast of sort of what is happening and how technology is moving forward and how can you then use that to connect with your audience. I also find like functioning within a niche is amazing and I love it, but it comes with its own challenges as well. If you want to share everything you know about that niche, you have to do it in a way that's accessible to everyone. But being able to associate and actually analyze content in a very like, okay, good, bad, good, bad. And then what are the patterns on the content that works well? So let, let's call it content analysis, creative intelligence. I, I never planned to be a content creator, but what happened is that a few years back uh, in Qatar, Instagram wasn't that much popular. When it started emerging, uh, I was one of the very few people in Qatar who shared their lifestyle and even like face or picture in social media because this was something unusual in the region. So people sh started showing their interest in what I'm doing and they started engaging with me and with my uh, pictures, my videos and so on. They progressed like very quickly because I was one of the, one of the very few people. Uh, so the local businesses and the brands, they started approaching me and here it came that I thought, okay, maybe I need to make this something more professional. I think being social media savvy is so important in this day and age, especially if you're trying to run a business. I just think it's such an easy way to interact with your customers. It's such an easy way to launch something and just have it out there really quickly. It's not easy to do, but if you can figure out a system that works for you and works for your audience I just think you will be crazy to not do it to wrap up this episode of Tech Power Luxury a really big thank you to our listeners our sponsor Farmhouse Fresh and our tech partner GladCloud as always if you have any questions comments or feedback please reach out to us through any of our social accounts on Instagram TikTok Facebook Twitter and LinkedIn feel free to follow us on all of those as well if you've enjoyed today's episode or any of our others, please let the world know and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Across season three, we will have community rewards across every single episode. So stay tuned and be in with the chance of winning some amazing prizes, products and experiences. That's all for today and see you next week for episode one of season three, Tech Powered Luxury with the incredible Nikita Mehta, co-founder of Fable and Maine.